0: A Rewatch Podcast, I'm Carrie, I'm Rachel, and today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 1, Episode 13, Hathor. We made it, folks. We got to Hathor. We did. We did. This is uh, controversial in some aspects. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah, we're watching we'll, a lot of this. We'll get, we'll get to that. So, um... Just uh, a warning ahead of time in case this is uh, anything you would like to avoid. There will be brief, I think, discussion of sexual assault later on when we get to that part of the episode. So if that's not your cup of tea and you want to skip this one, that's totally fine. Or if you just want to skip that part, it will be um, just after Sam and Janet enter the VIP room. Uh, So if you want to just like sort of make it to there and then skip forward a few minutes just to get over that part. If you want to hear the rest of the episode, Um, just want to make sure everybody's comfortable listening to whatever they want and don't want to listen to and that you don't get surprised by anything that comes up later in this episode. So, With that warning out of the way, uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, So as I said, this is Hathor. It originally aired on October 24th, 1997. This is another one where the story is by David Bennett Karen and J. Larry Carroll, but the teleplay is by Jonathan Glasner. And this was directed by Brad Turner. And our summary for this week, the banished Gould Hathor is found in an ancient sarcophagus on Earth and takes over the SGC with hopes of raising a new army against the system lords.
1: Yeah, definitely one that's, there's so many things going on in this episode. And because of that, they make everything just so vague that yes. there's so much and so little going on at the same time.
0: Yes. That's all I have to yeah. say about that. Yeah. <laughs> all right um so this episode actually opens with a uh matte painting uh and a title card that reads temple of the inscriptions palenque mexico so we're starting down in mexico folks and do you know anything about the temple of inscriptions rachel One of these times I'm going to surprise you and say yes, but this is not one of those times. No, I don't. Okay. So this place is actually really cool. So I, you know, this is what I do. I look into this stuff to see, you know, what it has to do with the real world. So the Temple of the Inscriptions is the largest of the Mesoamerican stepped pyramids. Uh, It's located in the modern day city of Chiapas. It was specifically built as a funerary mon- monument for Kinich Janab Pakal, ruler of the Palenque in the 7th century, whose reign lasted for almost 70 years. So, this guy was around for a long, a long time. So, this site, though, has been very important to the study of the Maya due to the large amount of hieroglyphic texts found on tablets inside the pyramid and also on the sculptural panels that make up the like exterior, what they call piers of the building, which are those like vertical panels that make up the like eight sides of the pyramid. The three main tablets found inside are known as the East tablet, the central tablet and the West tablet. I'm guessing based on where in the temple they were found. Um, And the tablets emphasize the fact that events that happened in the past will occur again on the same calendar date in the future. And panels on the inside of the tomb are basically a record of Pakal's life that end with his death and the naming of Khan Balan II as his heir. And another really cool thing in there is Pakal's death mask, which was made entirely of jade with shells, mother of pearl and obsidian for the eyes. Like if you go online and like Google it, it looks so cool. So yeah, Yeah. this is, this is a very uh, important Place for stuff and yeah, for stuff go and things. For stuff and things, yes, oh, both. Good. Okay. Both stuff and things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: So yeah, go look it up, people. It's really cool. In the show, some who we assume to be archaeologists enter a chamber in this pyramid, and they find a gold sarcophagus, and they start cleaning it off and find Egyptian hieroglyphs. What? Well, we and they start freaking out. What? Yeah. Because how slash why are there Egyptian hieroglyphs in a Mayan temple? And so the guy mentions he once read an article by a young archaeologist named, um, what was his name? Oh, yeah, Daniel Jackson, who was laughed out of academia for his theories about the cross pollination of ancient cultures. And the woman says she recognizes one of the pictographs as the goddess Hathor. So the man reaches out and so the pictograph is like her head with horns and the sun in it, which is sort of Hathor's typical depictment was like a woman with cow horns and then the sun sort of between the horns reaches out and like turns the pictograph, like grabs the sun and kind of like turns it to the side and the sarcophagus opens revealing a woman with perfectly manicured fingernails who sits up and asks where Ra is, and the the archaeologists are of course very confused, because what, what do you mean, where's Ra? Ra's a myth. And she doesn't like that, so she blessed them with her hand device, and they just go flying against the wall. Cut to Cheyenne Mountain, and uh-huh. Hathor's sarcophagus has apparently been sent to the SGC, and it's sitting in the gate room. According to daniel like why it's there. Dr. Kleinhouse, who's guy from the temple and his associates who were inside the temple with him were brutally killed and those that were outside the temple though were spared and those guys recognized the significance of an Egyptian artifact in a Mayan temple and managed to track Daniel down and send it to him somehow so
1: how long do you think or what's the time difference between the the intro scene to when they get the sarcophagus over to the SGC
0: I mean, it's got to be a couple weeks at least. Like, this didn't happen overnight. Because, A, it's really fucking big. B, it's in a different country. Mm -hmm. So, there's the whole, why don't they just leave it with the Mexicans and ask Daniel to come to Mexico? Like, you know, all that stuff to work out.
1: So, So, (laughs) in that case, I like to imagine to myself, so that means that Hathor was, like, Wandering around Earth for a couple weeks. I
0: mean, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So the sar- sar- the sarcophagus is there in the gate room. And Jack says he recognizes it as the thing on Ra's ship. And Daniel's like, yeah, it's the thing that brought me and Shari back from the dead. And Hammond is somehow confused about this. And I'm not sure why. Like, does he think it's the sarcophagus from Ra's ship? Hammond's like, but how is it here on Earth? It's like, well, there's more than one Gould, as we now know. So I just, I guess I don't quite understand what Hammond is confused about.
1: I think it's just, he's probably just confused that there are any remaining Gould technologies or artifacts or things still here. Like they, I would think he would assume they would have taken everything with
0: them. Okay, got, okay, yeah, that does make sense. I guess maybe that could have been a little clearer in his quest, like the dialogue, because the dialogue was a little like, but how is it here? Which sort of coming after Jack's line about them discussing it being on Ra's ship made it sound like he thought it was the sarcophagus from Ra's ship. Oh, no, I, I assumed ghoul technology okay. in general. OK, that makes sense. We'll go with yeah. that. OK, <laughs> so if it does belong to a ghoul, then it having, you know, just markings on it makes sense instead of the Mayan markings. So an airman then enters and tells Hammond that a woman was arrested trying to enter the facility, which, uh, let the police handle this thing happens all the time. Okay, but she knew the Stargate was here. Cut to the opening credits. A mysterious woman has shown up knowing the Stargate is there. What's going on? Instead up?
1: of pretending, like, you're crazy pants, I know you're, dear, what you're talking about. <laughs> that conversation must have gone, but I know the chop eye is here. They would
0: <laughs> hold on a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like, how did they make her stay there without admitting that she wasn't totally wrong? Yeah. So Ham and Jag and Daniel are walking through the halls to apparently the room where the woman is being held and she turns around and it's Hathor. Okay. So here's the, how did she get from Mexico to Colorado? I know. So yeah, she couldn't have just like hitchhiked. Or something, because they can't go through any legal roads because she has no ID, no passport, no anything for, like, the border crossing. So, yeah. How how did she get to Colorado?
1: <laughs> well, I'm imagining that she obviously had the ability to ma- manipulate people into smuggling her where she needed to go. But I'm having more fun imagining her in, like, modern-day technology of, like, I'm going to go get a manicure. I'm going to go get my haircut. I'm going to – this – this chick needs some work. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> like, and like, I know go the shopping. Gould head, I know like the goldhead technology and stuff, but like, she's never seen a car before. Right. And like, how did she know how to tell them where to go? So did she just say like, go that way and point in the general direction of Colorado? Like, there's a lot of logistics and even in the sort of, you know, mind whammy controls that she has. There's still a lot of unanswered questions about how she made it from point A to point B. Um,
1: mostly for me because when they ask her like how did you know to come here? She's like, I felt it. Like, really? Because you're you guys didn't build it. How are you connected to it? It's yeah. not it's not at all something that is that is actually yours. No. <laughs> just make yeah. That just makes
0: it sense. No. So
1: but well, she's there, so okay. Um, yeah, this is another. This is definitely one of those scenes where it's like just vague enough to be like, "I felt it. I felt its
0: presence." Okay. We'll
1: go with that one. Okay. Mm.
0: So she actually somebody like put a coat on her because she was apparently too scantily dressed before. Or maybe she got cold. I don't know. Um, and she's also been bound. It was hard to tell if it was actually handcuffs or like a zip tie thing. Because I don't know. But anyway, her hands are bound behind her back for some reason. Uh, so Hammond introduces himself and she introduces herself using the royal we. We are Hathor. Daniel, of course, knows who she is and tells uh, Hammond and Jack that she's the goddess of fertility, inebriety, and music. Or as Jack says, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Daniel asks Hammond if the cuffs are really necessary, and Hammond gives him the okay to remove them. And Hathor goes to kiss Daniel's hand in thanks, but instead blows this, like, pinkish-purplish mist onto him. So... Something is afoot with Hathor, and Hammond asks why she's here, and she says she was drawn to the Chapa Eye, and again asks about Ra. Daniel starts to like tell her when Hammond interrupts with like need to know, Daniel, like we don't know who this is yet. Don't just go telling her we killed Ra, just in case. So Daniel decides to go with the whole Ra is a myth answer.
1: Just Mm -hmm. in case
0: she's just a normal human person and not a ghoul or somebody else. So Jack then asks why she thinks the Chapa Eye is here. And she says the Chapa Eye is what gave power to her father and husband. Because uh, according to Daniel, Hathor is both the daughter and wife of Ra. And so she is the mother of all pharaohs. So I looked into this whole daughter and wife of Ra thing because, you know, Egyptian mythology, gods and goddesses, there's a whole, you know, a whole bunch of weird, wacky stuff. So maybe not so out there, but like, what does that really mean for this? So there's sort of two differing theories about why slash how uh, Hathor is known as the daughter and wife of Ra. Um, the first one uh, relates... That relationship to the cycle of the sun. Um, and so at sunset, Ra would enter the body of Hathor, impregnating her and then fathering the deities born from her womb at sunrise uh, himself and the eye goddess who would later give birth to him. So Ra gave birth to his daughter who then gave birth to him in like this sort of weird regeneration cycle. I was like, I mm, I don't know about that one. Um, And the other is more just because over time, um, like gods and goddesses often get like smushed together and like what was two separate gods then eventually like become one. So she was probably first considered to be the wife of Horus and the daughter of Ra But then Ra and Horus became linked together into sort of one composite deity known as Re-Horakhti. And so then Hathor became the wife and daughter of then just Ra. And so this also strengthened her association with Isis, who is the mother of Horus. So I think that's probably more likely that you know they were a bunch of different ones and then they all got smushed together. So who she was the wife of one and the daughter of another, but then those two became one god. And so she said, so "Was
1: then taking it literally in this context, how do you think that would
0: actually work in terms of Gould?" Yeah. Um. Maybe. I, have, I have broken her brain. <laughs> maybe. Okay, well, so we learn in this episode how the Gould reproduce. Sort of. And we also yep. know that the Gould have a genetic memory. So maybe, eventually at some point, the symbiote just has to just, like, get old and die. So when a new, so the person that Ra took over needed a new symbiote, so she gave birth to the new symbiote that went into the man imitating Ra and so was therefore the wife and No, because it's that daughter. Be w- that would be, be, wife and be That would be mother. Wife and mother, not wife and daughter. Uh and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one broke my brain. I don't know. Uh I shall continue contemplating though as we go throughout this episode and maybe I'll have an answer later. Okay. Wife and daughter. Okay. So Jack kind of holds Hammond aside and suggests they call county mental health services. And Hammond's like, well, first we kind of need to know what she knows before we, like, let her out of here. And so she, he orders Daniel to find out what she knows. And before they leave, though, Hathor requests to kiss Hammond's hand to bless him with fertility and joy. And she does so and that same mist that she bestowed upon Daniel is now bestowed upon Hammond. So Hammond and Jack leave, and then Hathor once again asks where Ra is, but this time she's using her ghouled voice. So she's ghouled, and Daniel's maybe a little scared, nervous, like he, he's not quite so just like calm and like, just, let's just make nice to the lady that's here. But he but ends up telling... Been, he's been misted, though. Yes, but still yeah. ghouled voice, scary, because, you know, Apophis ghouled wife mm-hmm. stuff. So, but he does end up telling her the truth and that they killed Ra. And she's just, she's positively delighted by this news. And so maybe perhaps Daniel will be her new beloved now that her husband is dead. So she, like, takes I, the jacket off. I always find that funny when they do that in
1: TV shows where they're like, ah, oh, my other person is gone. Maybe you will be my new person. Like, hey, guy who's standing here. <laughs> <laughs> I choose you. <laughs> you're you're going to be my new one and only because you're in the
0: room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <But> I mean, <laughs> at least this time Daniel was kind of responsible for the death of Ra, So, you know.
1: True. But I just love that when they do that in shows. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're going to be my new person because you're standing here. Yeah. So but then she like takes her jacket off, revealing her apparently too revealing dress from before um, and like beckons Daniel to her. And then she just full on kisses him and there's more mist. So, yes, their shenanigans are afoot with Hathor here. So we cut to the briefing room uh, where we have Hammond and Jack, Sam and Tilk. And Jack seems to be arguing for like just letting her go because who would believe her if she was wandering around rambling about a chopper eye anyway. And Tilk argues back that that's not really the point. The point is that how does she even know what the Stargate is in the first place? How does she even know this is the thing that exists? Which, I mean, good point, Tilk, Mm -hmm. because it's supposed to be super top secret. So how does she know this thing is even a thing? So Daniel comes into the briefing room and tells them that she's a ghoul, but... How could there be another Gould here on Earth because she didn't come through the gate? because we would have known. It's like, well, no, she's apparently just been here on Earth in that sarcophagus for 2,000 years or so. And she apparently feels indebted to them for killing Ra, who she was trying to stop from enslaving the Earth. And Daniel says she was always a friend to humanity and that now she wants to help them defeat Apophis and the other evil Gould. And Daniel wants her to come down and debrief them. But uh, no, 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 mm -mm. Uh, So Daniel walks up to Hammond and sort of besieges Hammond to let her come down. And we see that mist in like Daniel's eyes. So apparently Daniel now has some kind of power like Hathor did because Hammond agrees and orders Hathor to be brought down from whatever room she's in to the briefing room.
1: That's the only time we see that happen. That
0: effect yeah, yeah,
1: of someone else having like misty pink eyes.
0: Yes, which I it's thought a, was interesting. Yes, it's a little weird that it doesn't come up ever again. Yeah, yeah. Um. So Sam and Jack are very much against this, and Tilks not buying it either. He's never met a good Gould, and then Hammond lays down the maybe that's because you served the wrong one. Mm. Oh, OK. All right, Hammond. You All right. Uh, although in good news, Salmon does at least get Hammond to agree to close the blaster so she can't actually see the Stargate. So point for Sam. So Hathor comes in and asks for water and Hammond orders Jack to get her a glass of water. And Jack's like, OK, I guess I'm going to do that because superior officer. All right. So Hathor thanks him for killing Ra, and Jack gets the mist treatment now, too. Tilk, like, walks up and just, like, confirms that she's a ghoul, and Daniel tells her that Tilk is now also against the ghoul, and she's like, great, your enemy is my enemy, let's work together to defeat them, but Tilk's not going to serve any ghoul, even if it's to defeat other ghoul, no. So Hathor tries to do the misty thing on Tilk as well.
1: Are we assuming that no one
0: can actually see the Misty thing?
1: I mean, it's just kind of
0: obvious. I mean, yes, but I think not in the sense of that it's invisible. I think more in the sense of that she's hiding that she does it. Like she brings their hand like really close to her and kind of blocks her mouth a bit from other people seeing what she's doing. So I think in that sense, other people aren't supposed to know what's happening. So... Yeah, well, she's probably had a lot of practice at it, so... Yeah. She's stealthy. She is. So, Hammond decides that Hathor should be made a guest of the facility, and Sam has very strong feelings about not doing that, because she's a ghoul, sir. And Hammond's like, uh, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, okay, Hathor seems to have all you guys under some kind of weird spell, and Sam asked Jack to back her up which he would do if there were a problem but apparently there's not a problem oops so not going to help you right now Sam mm-hmm. and Hammond's in charge and he will do as he pleases so he and Daniel go to give Hathor a tour of the facility so presumably at the end of the tour they show her to a vip room and hammond mentions that there will be guards posted outside and she's like to protect me or to protect you and then she does the misty thing again and so hammond calls off the guards and uh hammond and daniel go to leave so she can rest but she asks daniel to stay as she has more questions spoiler she doesn't have questions oh
1: no she
0: does not. it's time to make daniel her chosen one So we see then Sam, uh, just walking down the hall, runs into Jack and turns to walk with him. And she once again mentions that Hathor seems to have all of the men in the base, like, totally infatuated. And she doesn't like how every, she doesn't like how lax everyone is being with her. Like, they're just sort of letting her wander around. And Jack, like, seems to call Sam a hypocrite because he says she's treating Hathor like how people can treat Tilk. Except that Tilk has proven he can be trusted and she hasn't. And then Jack pulls out that whole, the enemy of my enemy is my friend's thing. Which, yeah, okay, true. Except the CIA even keeps tabs on, like, turncoats. And, you know, but no, this is fine. Daniel's watching Hathor. So it's all good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So are we also assuming that
1: during her tour of the facility, she did the Misty thing to, like, everybody?
0: I would assume so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I not like, I don't, can she, can she just, like wafted out like in like a large area and just sort of like have it as like a trail like around her or does she have to specifically like blow it on people that's a very good question
1: well I mean then obviously wouldn't be stealthy
0: yeah (laughs) true
1: wouldn't be also I mean I know this was made in the 90s but it should be brought up that it really shouldn't matter your gender like she should have been able to do that to everybody so that everybody just found her sexy
0: yes Which is interesting because, like, when I was I was looking into Hathor specifically, you know, what's all the mythology about Hathor, and she is described as being like the most beautiful woman ever, but she never behaved in an overly like gloaty way about it. She's never haughty about it. She's like, yeah, I'm beautiful, great thanks, and just sort of, you know, she didn't like hold it over people, and like it wasn't sort of like a thing for her that she was the most beautiful woman ever. It was for other people, but not so much for her. She's like, yeah, hey, okay, thanks. And, like, just went about doing her Hathor things. Mm. So, yeah. It's interesting that it somehow only affects the men. For this purpose. For this purpose, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Daniel and Hathor then enter the gate room where the sarcophagus still is. Because it's apparently the only room big enough to hold it here. I don't know. It seems weird that, like, the, sarcoph- the sarcophagus is in the gate room
1: is exactly where they don't want her to be
0: i know saying so this is where we don't want you to be so let's take you there um yeah so let's put
1: your thing and right next to it yes it's fine we'll put a curtain over it you won't know it's there <laughs> just cover it with a tarp it's fine yes <laughs> it'll
0: be okay uh, yeah Yeah. No, look over there we're having construction done yeah <laughs> um so hathor asks daniel like what questions he has for her and he just basically seems like completely infatuated and sort of agog that this woman who was the most beautiful woman in the history of ever is like with him and like has chosen him to be her chosen one and then um hathor walks up the ramp and kind of like creepily like whispers at the gate (laughs) like it was kind of i don't know it was a little creepy like soon we will take over the world again soon i it was i don't know it was kind of creepy it was very weird. But, you know, she's a ghoul. They do creepy things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So she then tells Daniel that she is the mother of all gods. And Daniel kind of just goes, yes. And then looks very confused. He's like, but wait, what does that, what do you mean? Exactly. I He <laughs> was like, yes, you are. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> but what does it mean? Uh, and, uh, well, uh, turns out Hathor is kind of like Queen Bee. And she makes all the baby ghouls little symbiote things. Ew.
1: I, I love I love how they never actually I mean they don't really need to because why but yeah. it's kind of one of those things where you're like you still have so many questions but do you really yeah. want them answered not really no therefore <laughs> we're just gonna skim over this entirely and just say I make the babies yes. oh, okay
0: <laughs> and yeah there there is a future episode I think it's season six that kind of contradicts this although not completely because it's a slightly different thing but it's close enough that so it, you know, it's like eh, we'll have to keep this in mind when we get to that episode um because yeah gould reproduction how does it work we don't know
1: it just it does not make sense
0: no at, at all no. i don't
1: know no. but okay yeah
0: so we cut to Sam, who is in Janet's office on the computer when Janet comes in, and Sam is researching Hathor because she really does not like what's going on with all the men on base. And did you notice the little goof in this scene? Oh, no. So if you look on the computer, the, the, the website on the net that Carter's looking at is actually just pointing to the C drive on the computer.
1: Oh,
0: not actually Which, I mean, it makes sense because, like, back then, like, it would just be, like, a file on, like, you know, the computer. But it was just weird how they couldn't even, like, mock up, like, a fake website <laughs> to put on there or something or, funny. you know, size it so you just didn't see it. I don't know. It was just, like, okay, Um Yeah, (laughs) Sam's not actually on the internet. This, you know, this is the kind of thing Daniel usually does. So Sam's doing her best. And she apparently found one page that theorized that all sex goddesses from all the various cultures were all just Hathor. So this would include like Aphrodite, Ishtar from Babylon, Astarte of Syria, and Ceres of Rome. And she was beloved in pretty much every culture except for late in ancient Egypt, Because, so the story goes that she was sent by Ra to destroy mankind, either all, or this was sort of in a period where Egypt was sort of split between people who worshipped Ra and people who didn't worship Ra. So he either sent them to destroy everybody or just the people who didn't worship him. And then, so she went and did that, and then he changed his mind, and that's when they became enemies. That's not completely the right myth but it sort of works for this purpose so her and ra being enemies that like she alluded to earlier is probably true but this explanation that sam finds is basically the exact opposite of the reasoning we got earlier because her her reasoning was ra wanted her to go and destroy mankind and she said no which is not true she did go and like murder like half of egypt and stuff so yeah, yeah. Hathor, Hathor was kind of a, a bloodthirsty goddess back then. But then. She's a hardcore bitch. Yeah. Sex, <laughs> drugs, um, rock and roll, and murder. And murder. And apparently how they got her to stop murdering people is, so two possibilities. Either they turned the Nile red, which she thought was blood, and drank it all up, and then was, like, passed out because she drank a whole bunch of water. And then when she woke up, she's like, ugh, I feel like crap. Mm, Not going to do murder anymore. Or they turned beer red or took red wine and spilled it like in wheat fields. And then she drank all that. And then the whole like got drunk, passed out. I feel like crap, not going to murder anymore thing. So
1: (laughs) stop murdering because
0: she had a hangover. Basically, yes.
1: You know what? The same thing happens to me. I know. I wake up with a hangover. With- I just I don't want to murder anybody. I Just want to <laughs> lay on the couch. Like, leave <laughs> <No. laughs> well, a hangover, just uh, no murder today. No more murder. No, no. more. Murder. We're, just, we're done with the murder. <laughs> done with. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> fantastic. <laughs> I'm also going to keep that in mind whenever I want somebody else to stop with the murder. I'm going to be like, just drink them. Just drink them under the table. and then. There you go.
0: But make sure you drink water. Fake like it's vodka. Right. It's just drink water. There you go. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so that I'm not the one that gets hungover.
0: Exactly. Oh. Okay. So, so the other thing all of these myths from all the various cultures have in common is that she's described as having some kind of magical power over men and men being drunk in her presence And mm, that sounds familiar. So Janet proposes she's possibly using some kind of chemical to control the men. She says maybe some kind of like super pheromone mixed with sodium pentothal, which is also known as truth serum. And Sam's like, great, can we like get an antidote? And she's like, it would take years to make an antidote for that. So Sam's like, well... I guess we just have to neutralize her. Guess we just have to take out that bitch. Gotta take her out. Don't mind if we do. Yeah. So Danielle and Hathor are back in her room and Hathor tells him how she creates the larval Gould. And first she needs the code of life from the juices of the species intended as the host i feel gross that it's like could you not come up with a less gross and creepy way to say that because it's just dna she needs dna it's so creepy like juice the word it's the word juice that i can't (laughs) i can't get past like no it sounds like bad porn it just it's so bad (laughs) it really so bad um So, but basically, she needs the DNA from the host species to ensure compatibility. And she, oh, so does thoroughly enjoy the method of obtaining that from humans. Which means,
1: which means that there have been other species she's done this with.
0: I know. So did she, what, what, with the, uh, the, uh, um, the first one.
1: Oh, that was in the other episode?
0: Yes, with James Jill Jones. Why can't I remember the name of that? Character? Uh, uh, I would definitely
1: imagine that would be less fun to get that juice code.
0: Yeah, out. hang on. I need, to, I, need, I need to go look up what it is. What uh, da, is da, 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 da. Uno? Uh, Ones, unas. 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 So, yeah, so did she have to mate with an Unas? <laughs> Or was her symbiote in an Una? Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to think about it too much because... Ew. 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 Um, So she wants Daniel to contribute and help her make more gold. And here Daniel does kind of pause and, like, kind of grabs her arm to, like, stop her because they're... He's not just, like, a complete sort of zombie, mindless, you know, slave yet. Like, there's still something in him that's, like, you want me to make more gould? No. Uh, but then she doses him with the mist again, and then they kiss. And so then we cut to all, apparently, all of the women in the SGC, which there's, like, five of them, which I, I don't see how there can only be, like, five women here. Um, but they're all dressed in like BDUs and Sam's passing out guns because it's time to take Hathor down because they just, bad things are happening. They can't let it go on. So Tilk finds them and Sam at first, like, you know, turns her gun on him because, you know, he's a man, but he's like, my symbiote protects me from Hathor's power. And then he also tells Sam about the, to him legend that all Gould larvae come from a queen Gould, and he believes that Hathor is one of them, and that she intends to basically use the SGC as her new nest to populate the earth with a multitude of Gould and they can't let that happen.
1: Which really would have been a really good piece of information to say the first time they met her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like way back in the briefing room when like, you know, Jack and Hammond came back after like leaving Daniel with her, but, well, I guess they didn't know she was a ghoul then. But, you know, I mean, he's an alien. He's still learning about how Earth culture works and stuff, so. Well,
1: yeah, but you have to wonder, like, how how he would have come to the cl- conclusion, right? And if the legends are about, like,
0: Hathor herself, that would have been something he knew. Well, it's see, I, I took from what Tilk said that, there are multiple queens and he may not have known specifically who those queens were, but just that there are ghouls out there who are queens who do this thing. Mm. Maybe not specifically who.
1: I'll go with it.
0: Okay. So, uh, so they go out to start looking for Hathor and Sam and Janet reach the VIP room and kick the door in. And Daniel's sitting on the bed, just, Completely zoned out. He's like got his pants and like the overshirt on, but looks like he doesn't have the t-shirt on anymore. And the bed is a mess. And he's got his glasses off. And the lamp is knocked over. And Daniel has been raped. So, is there a way to do this without resorting to sexual assault? Like, can this storyline happen without sexual assault being part of it?
1: I no. Wait. I don't know what you're
0: asking. So, like, like. Just the whole how Gould reproduce and she needs DNA or something. Just just the whole sort of legend myth of how Gould reproduce.
1: Well, I'm sure, yes, I'm sure. But, like, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Gould don't really care about <laughs> yeah. consent <of> free Will. <laughs> right. <laughs> Being that their entire purpose is to enslave. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say that, that that was not really her uh Agenda of to, oh yes, let's make sure this woman actually wants to do this. No, she didn't care.
0: Okay. From a general, just storytelling TV show script perspective, is there anything they could have done differently to not make Daniel have been raped?
1: And, well, and to take the storyline where it went, I don't think so. I don't think, because I don't think there's a way that she could have convinced him it was a good idea.
0: True. Yes. This is why I don't like the how Gould reproduce storyline because
1: I mean it, really in order to make it not about sexual assault, it would have been that like somewhere between Mexico and Colorado she found some dude in a bar. There you go.
0: <laughs> True.
1: Yeah. That that is all you would have needed. Right. She didn't even have to tell him anything.
0: Right. Just yeah, hook up with a guy in like Arizona or something. Okay, so Sam tries to ask if he's okay, but he's just, like, totally non-responsive. And, okay, question, why doesn't Janet come in and, like, at least, like, look at him briefly? Janet's doctor. Something has obviously happened to Daniel. Where is the doctor in this? True. You know. But then one of the other women comes in and says that Hathor was seen going into the locker room. So uh, everybody... Heads off to the locker room, and they go in, spread out. And Hathor is in, like, one of those, like, big soaking tubs from, you know, like, athletes get into and stuff after game, workout, whatever. And there's a bunch of larval ghoul just swimming around and still don't know what noise they make. Sorry, I tried looking again. Still don't know what that noise is of the little squeaky squeaky that they make. Did it confirm uh, for you of the animals that you picked? I think so, because, I mean, it sounds the same, so... I'm going to say what I said last time is my best shot. Do you remember what you said last time? Because I do not. I said dolphin, hamster, and a bird of some kind. I think I didn't specify the bird. I think I just said a bird.
1: I think I said dolphin, mouse, rabbit.
0: Yeah. I remember you had rabbit in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Hathor opens her eyes and says, Rin, tell, knock. And so Hammond, Jack, and a bunch of the other airmen come and like, surround the tub and Hammond tells Carter to stand down unless she plans on killing them. And Jack's like, Is this any way to treat a guest? And then more and enter with guns. And basically the women have failed and they're being just taken prisoner in the SGC.
1: Yeah, so, if you have if you have assault weapons like that, you shoot on sight.
0: Yeah. Which I mean, I imagine they were going to, but then, you know, Hammond and Jack were standing right in front of them and you can't really shoot the general You know, that's a tricky situation to be in.
1: Um, That wouldn't really work. No,
0: I don't think so. So we cut to a holding cell, and Sam and Janet are just, like, talking about everything that's going on. And we also learned that Janet's ex-husband was a misogynistic dickhead in this conversation, which is great. Um, And then... They're, Sam says something that just, like, totally confused me because I don't understand how it fits in this conversation. She says, maybe it's just me, but I can't figure out how to feel like one of the guys with these guys. You know what I mean? I always feel like I'm the girl. Which, nothing in this episode, nothing in this conversation, these scenes, has anything to do with Sam fitting into the team of guys as the girl.
1: Was it a guy that wrote the script or a girl? I don't remember what you It was said a
0: guy. It was two guys. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. They- there you have it. There's your <laughs> Okay. That was that was a guy trying to be like, what goes on in women's minds? This is what they
0: think about. Yeah, I'm gonna put that in there. But apparently this line is in there because it gives Janet an idea of how to get them out of the holding cell. So if the mind whammy thing that Hathor is doing to all the men is pheromone based, then she is making all of the men libidinous. And Sam does not like where Janet is going with that comment. And neither do I. So. I would not either. You no. Know, just in case you don't know, libidinous means horny. She's making all the guys horny. So that's what's happening on the base. Um, so then Jack enters Hathor's room and he has some questions for her because he's all out of whack and that's not normal. So it seems like the whole mind whammy thing wears off. After a while, especially because we do see her, like, redosing people. So it seems to be kind of, like, wearing off of Jack a little bit. And he's recognizing that something's a little off here. But she manages to, like, deflect his questions and mentions again about how Jack is the one who killed Ra. And she's so grateful. And she must give him a great honor. And she does the whole mist thing again and starts unbuttoning his shirt. And then she also pulls off her, like, overdress thing. Because apparently she's wearing, like, multiple layers of stuff. And we see this like large glowing jewel on her stomach, her belly. And she pulls Jack like real close, like hugs him real tight. And he looks like he's in pain. But soon he will cherish the good health and long life that comes with being Hathor's first new Jaffa. And Jack like pulls back and yeah, he's got he, Jack's got the gold pouch thing now. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> tell you
1: another was one of those things where they're like it's it's every time something like this happens it just reminds me of that thing that they say like in Star Trek when they wanted to make people go from here to out there and they were like well I'll just beam them just just warp them from here to there just they disappear just here and they go there and like <laughs> and so that is how they came up with like the transporting yeah. <laughs> and that just seems like that's everything that they come up with is a, with this of like well how do we actually have it where they turn into Jaffa well there's this device and you push it on your stomach and meh there you go <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that like isn't it still that these ghouls are using technology that
0: isn't theirs that doesn't belong to them I mean I guess I'm figuring at some point some stuff is Gould technology, like they scavenged so much from the ancients and everybody that they eventually had to like cobble stuff together that was their own like i like I don't think the ancients have a device that will turn people into Jaffa like that makes it weird you know so like there's a are there Gould scientists that are like. Like, we have here on Earth, like, that are, like, just tinkering with various ancient technologies that they find around the galaxy and, like, taking shit apart and seeing how they can put it back together and do other things with it. I mean, that would at least have been something. Yeah. That would be... Can we have that spinoff? Can we have the gold Scientist spinoff of, like, <laughs> you know, people off. tinkering, <laughs> like, like I, uh, I don't know, Ball comes in and, like, gives them something. He's like, here, we found this. What does it do? And then it's just, like, you know... <laughs> episodes of them tearing it apart and pushing buttons and just being like oh whoops timmy blew up again <laughs> i would watch that stargate writers go let's go come on brad right make that make that serious for up. us you spin off <laughs> i would watch that one yeah i actually really would watch that why why has nobody thought of this before why has nobody thought of this before come on people I'm a genius, hire me, I'll write it. Of the whole
1: three people listening to this, yes, the one of you that has brilliant contacts in Hollywood. If you want the Gold Scientist series, tweet at Brad Wright and let do
0: him... oh. uh, No, don't, don't do that, don't, no, I'm kidding. Alright, so uh, back in the holding cell, it seems the women are getting ready to do whatever they're going to do. And Sam's like, well, seduction techniques weren't part of any of the training manuals that she read. Uh, So basically the women are going to seduce the men standing guard in order to subdue them so that they can get out and try and save everyone. So they do the whole, Oh, officer, come here. There you've got a, you've got five very lonely women in this cell. And it's, it's so cringe. It's again, men wrote this episode. Yeah. Yeah, Um, so like a couple of the women start actually like making out with the guys and then the other ones just like basically knock everybody out. And so, yay, the women have succeeded and head out of the room taking like their weapons with them, but another airman catches them in the hall. He gets clubbed in the back of the head and then Hammond shows up and catches them and then Sam knocks him out and there goes her career. But uh, Sam gets the keys and frees Tilk and so Sam, Janet, and Tilk go to head back to the locker room to get to Hathor while the other woman secured all of the people that they have now knocked unconscious in the hall of the SGC. And then we get a little funny thing where they get to the locker room and Sam's like, me and Tilk will take the lead. And Janet's like, great. And Sam's like, okay, we'll go on three. And she goes, one. And then Tilk just goes. <laughs> because he's like, why? Why are we just go? Um, yep. So... We get into the locker room and Jack is kind of just like laying in a heap on the floor next to the tub of baby Gould, where the film is then shown in reverse and Hathor gets out of the tub, but is completely dry, which is kind of cool. But I don't understand. I don't know what, why that had, why, like, what does that mean? What, like, what the purpose of that? I don't know. They, did,
1: they thought it would look cool and they didn't want her walking on walking around wet for the rest of the scene.
0: <laughs> I suppose. Um, so she gets out of the tub and she helps Jack up and like gets him into the tub and says that the strongest of the Ghouls will find his womb and then he will be a Jaffa. Question here. So a couple weeks ago in bloodlines, when Sam and Daniel had that symbiote they had taken from the temple and they had to implant it into Tilk because Tilk had given his symbiote to Ryak and Braytac goes, it's still young, but it should work. So these ghouls in the tub are, like, a couple hours old. Those symbiotes, I'm imagining, were weeks, possibly months old. So if that ghoul from Bloodlines was too young to be implanted into Jaffa, how is a symbiote that's, like, a couple hours old not too young?
1: Well, maybe that's why she said the strongest one will find you. I guess. But yes, that makes no sense.
0: No. This is, they forgot what they wrote Three yep. episodes ago kind of thing yep yep Heather <laughs> yep. then leaves the locker room and tilt goes to get jack out of the tub and they lay him down on the bench and janet reaches into the little pouch to see if there's a symbiote in there yet ew gross but luckily no jack's fine but also jack now doesn't have an immune system so he needs a gold larva or he's going to die so Sam, Janet, and Tilk, who is now carrying Jack, are making their way through the SGC. And Janet's like, we need to take him to the infirmary. And Tilk's like, but you don't have anything that can help him, right? And she's like, well, no, but we can make him comfortable. And she and then Tilk goes, Well, the Gould have technology that can help him. So off to the sarcophagus they go. Ta-da. So yay. So they get Jack inside. And then once it's fully closed, airmen enter the gate room and start firing. Janet and Tilk get hit and look, like, just, like, you know, on the arm, nowhere where they're, like, in danger of dying or anything. And then Hathor comes in and yells at them to stop because they're firing weapons, like, at the sarcophagus, which is not a good thing. Uh, The sarcophagus opens. Jack wakes up and seems to just be back to his old self. Like, he has no idea what's going on. And Hathor, like, goes to shoot him with the hand device. But he manages to get out of the way just in time, and so the blast just hits the sarcophagus. And Hathor leaves with the other airmen as the sarcophagus starts making this, like, whining noise, like it's powering up. And that's not a good noise, so uh, everybody out. And then the sarcophagus explodes! Kabloo! No more sarcophagus, unfortunately. Right next to the gate, too. I know! Which, Naquita does a very volatile, like, mineral, like... The Stargate probably should have blown up too, but I guess movie we'll magic. Say. Movie magic. Um, so everybody's out in the hall, and Sam's like, "Can I like look at like your like basically Mimes like needing to like look at Jack's like stomach?" And he's like, "Okay." So she like pulls open Jack's shirt, and yay, the pouch is gone. And Garner goes, "Wow, that's a miracle!" And then he goes crunches because. <laughs> he has has no idea he was just almost made a Jaffa because you know apparently that's how the the mist also apparently has some kind of amnesia effect related to it but it's just like okay that gets a little chuckle so Jack orders Janet and Tilk to go to the infirmary to get themselves patched up while he and Sam go after Hathor which that's going to be a difficult task because they can't really shoot their own men and sounds like yeah there weren't any tranquilizers in the armory but apparently there's a backup supply of tranquilizers in lockup C can somebody please tell Sam this because that would have been good information to have earlier in this episode
1: it seems like that was meant to be another dig at like they never tell the girl anything yeah yeah Which, absolutely why
0: a man wrote this episode two three three men wrote this episode three men wrote this episode that's why so back in the locker room.
1: <laughs> I just had a thought pop in my head of like three men wrote this episode. Therefore, when it came down to like how reproduction actually works in women's body. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, I don't know, babies, she gets in a tub.
0: Like <laughs> Your wife didn't give birth in a tub. Mine
1: did. Like when it came down to actually describing or figuring out how any of this reproductive process actually worked, <laughs> all the dudes were like, I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I, just yeah, just be vague. It's fine. so much. I explained so much. <laughs> explained so much. Yes. Uh, okay. So Back in the locker room, Hathor's back in the tub, and Daniel's sort of sitting there just, like, gazing, like, adoringly at her, and Hathor wants Sam to pay with her life for what she's done, and Daniel pleads for mercy, and then Sam and Jack come in and start firing tranquilizers at all of the men who are sort of standing guard, but not at Daniel, uh Hathor blasts Sam, who flies back and hits the wall. She then goes to blast Jack, but apparently that blow didn't knock Sam out, and she gets up and actually shoots Hathor with her handgun. Hathor then just falls into the dub, which is then lit on fire somehow. Yeah, I didn't really get that one. I I did not understand how all of the water burst into yeah. flame. No, neither did I. Daniel just screams, no! And then Sam and Jack drag all of, like, the unconscious airmen out because there's now, like, smoke everywhere. And we see Hathor climb out of the tub and leave the room. Every time I watch this episode, I'm never sure if we're actually supposed to see that happen. Like, are we supposed to know that Hathor got out of the tub and left the room? Or is it supposed to be then, like, a surprise when she shows up, like, five minutes later in the gate room?
1: I I I think it's supposed to be one of those things. I think you are, but, like... You have to pay attention because I I think it's one of those things where like if they go to the scene straight where she's like in the other room, everyone will be like, oh, my God, wait, how did she get there? I thought she was in the tub. So it's one of those things where you go back and you watch and go, aha, she did get out
0: of the tub. So I think you are, but you're supposed to have to pay attention. Okay, it's just I don't know. It's shot weird. Like, I think it could have been shot better to make that more clear that she's not dead. Watch she's sneaking. I don't know. It's just it never really sort of worked for me with what we're mm. supposed to sort of take away from you know that whole little bit there but um two more women come in and they put out the fire with fire extinguishers when the unauthorized gate activation alarm starts going off how does she know how to use the gate there's no there's know. no dial home thingy like no. <laughs> how does anyone know how to use the computer I don't know I don't know how does she have a key card to get into the gate room to get into anywhere and these are these are all things that she learned on her way from Mexico to Colorado. <laughs> apparently, so Jack and Sam run into the control room and open the blast shield. And hey, guess what? It's Hathor. She's dialed Chulak, and just like gets to the gate, and goes away. And Sam's like, "We got to go after her." And Jack's like, "We will, eventually." And then uh, apparently Daniel's into control room too with them. I, I I didn't see him go with them, but okay. And he seems to sort of suddenly snap out of whatever haze he was in. And Sam's like, Well, apparently proximity is required to like keep control. And Jack and Denner are like, What? What do you? They have no clue what she's talking about. None. So uh, this is going to be an interesting debrief once everything's like cleaned up later. So uh, back in the locker room, Sam is helping Janet get some samples of the now burned and melted schooled lover because like Jana's got an arm in the sling because she was hit in the shoulder and then okay jack daniel and Till come in dressed in their civvies so they're not going to help they're just going to like leave this to all the women to do all this like can't yep. help you can't nope. help no nope. they were the victims yeah they were. The and victims. they need don't. time to recover sure <laughs> not convinced no i'm not convinced <laughs> but janice like you know there's probably not much here we can use but they might be able to get some like dna information and daniel comments that a lot of it will probably be his Ew. you know what i immediately thought of when he said that
1: i was like if if everyone else is going through the reaction of like oh my god i didn't know what i was doing what happened i have no idea what happened he would not have remembered no he shouldn't
0: Unless like after a while, the amnesia wears off and there's sort of maybe like a little recovery period when it first wears off where you're like, what's going on? Oh, wait, that's what happened. I don't know. Maybe. Is this whole thing supposed to be like what people
1: are like when they're drunk? Maybe. Like I blacked out. Wait, no, it's coming back to me. Ah, I didn't. I couldn't figure out if they were supposed to be drawing that parallel.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm not sure.
1: Because if, like, you know, in the scene right before that, he remembered nothing and had no idea what was happening or why they were in the gate room at all. And then all of a sudden he's like, ah, those babies are probably mine.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But then Jack seemed to, like, recover fairly quickly, too. Like, after, you know, the sarcophagus explodes, he seems to be fairly with it in the next scene when they're going after Hathor. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so Hammond comes in and Sam starts trying to like apologize for you know the whole knocking him unconscious thing, and Hammond's like it's fine, don't worry about it. In fact, he's putting Sam and Janet up for a commendation for basically saving the planet. Woo-hoo. The end.
1: Yay, it's, women, you did yay. good.
0: Yay, it's a it's a very abrupt ending here. Okay, thanks, and scene. Yeah, I, okay. I don't know. <laughs> but uh that's
1: Hathor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, really have any closing remarks on this one. I yeah. felt like we fell out. Yeah. Uh episode <laughs> title is fairly self explanatory here. I, we could end this as abruptly as the episode.
0: Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> um I I imagine there will be a plethora of memos from this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Oh,
1: do not have sex with aliens.
0: We well, need to repeat that one. Yes. Yeah. All do right,
1: not. Well, do not let aliens that claim to know about your secure facility in your secure facility. I know.
0: Was there like no like room up on the surface that they could have held her in while they figured things out? Like. Yeah. Or taken her somewhere else. Like, there's got to be like a guard shack they could have taken her to. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of weird choices made in this episode. Yep, yep,
1: I definitely agree. Lots lots of memos. Yes. Tell Carter where all the weapons are. Yes, (laughs) tell everybody where all the weapons are. Keep all of the female soldiers up on their military arms training. That's all I can think of right now.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there will be more. I'm sure there's now new procedures in place should people come under some kind of mind control that they have to deal with now because who knew that was a thing before now? At least that allows procedures to deal with. Okay, times. Yeah. We should start writing these down. <laughs> I should have. Uh, it'd be, that'd be funny. To go back at like the end of when we're done with season one and just figure out all the memos that came yeah. out of season one. Uh, all right. Um, yeah. I got nothing else to say. Any, no, we're good. We did it. Yep. Okay.
1: All well, let's right. Never
0: speak of this one again. No. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's it's a decent episode, but... It Was has, it, though? Was it? I mean, we get Hathor out of it. I mean, and all that stuff aside, Hathor is pretty cool. I mean, she does come back, so, you know, we get to see her again. Yeah. It just, you know, expands the world of Gould and the Stargate a bit more.
1: Yeah. Well, but not in a good way, just
0: in That's a confusing,
1: true. not in a good way at all, in a very confusing, <laughs> meh, true. we'll
0: make it work kind That's of way. True. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not. I remember, like, liking this episode, but sometimes now going through and I'm like, did I? Really? I, I don't know if I did. No. Or maybe I don't anymore.
1: For me, this is definitely one that I could do with without.
0: Okay. Yeah. I can accept that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you stayed with us, as always, you can find us on Twitter at SG underscore rewatch or email us at woo. That's W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for Singularity. Bye.